For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, January 23rd, 2021. The only thing we have to fear The economic health of this nation has been... More essential economic freedom. The excessive decline... Greed... In the dollar... For lack of a better word... A late rally on Wall Street... Too big to fail... Growing the economy... Growing the economy... Good 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 Welcome... This is Money Talks. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio, Money Talks. And uh, we got a new intro music, and I'm a little bit lost. <laughs> Just a whole lot of bit lost. Three man. offs. Change yeah. will do that to you. I Change. Yeah. Whoever wanted that. I know. That never happens. Yeah. All Especially right, these well. days. Yeah. <laughs> There's enough out there already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm no definitely shortage. no fan of most of the changes going on in the last year, mm-hmm. let's yeah. say. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I am here, Troy Harmon, here with uh, none other than Jarrett McKenzie. That's right. One day to be back. Yeah. Jarrett, uh, newly, newly, um, you got a new position, right, Jarrett? I did, yeah. Start yeah. of the year. So Jared is now not just a run-of-the-mill senior associate. Is that what you were before? It was, yeah. Yeah, now you are a managing associate in the Hensler Financial um, <sighs> Planning and Implementation Department. The bribery finally worked. Is that what it was? Sometimes change is good, right, Jerry? That's right. Amongst all this craziness. It's all about change at that point. All about that work. Good things can still happen. Yeah, yeah, it sounds as if he uh, had some pictures of somebody doing something. (laughs) That's that's what it usually comes down to. Yeah, the other voice you're hearing is uh, Jim Crone. Uh, Jim is our resident insurance expert. Can I call you that, Jim? I'll go with that. Oh, I, good. Can, I can All claim right. that. Insurance. I have a clue, too. Yeah, well, Jim has got, he's a, a, a CF, CFS. CFS. C, certified Fund Specialist. Fund Specialist. Well, I'll go with that, yeah. too. That works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, and also a clue. He's a man with a clue. That's right. The Chartered Life Underwriter. Mm-hmm. Took, took me a little bit to get both of those. So oh, really? mm-hmm. I paid good money for that. Yeah. Yeah, I might say Jared paid good money for his promotion. Too. Yeah, you get the designation. <laughs> no, I'm just going for the promotion. That works. Uh, is there anything else? Am I missing one? No, no. All right, uh, dad, granddad. Oh yeah, those uh, are the yeah. important there you go. designations, there you go. right? There you yeah, go. the ones you don't give yourself. There, there I mean, you go. Husband, I got to throw yeah. that one in there too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I got you. I mean, I'm a couple of those. No granddad, but uh, yeah. dad, husband. Man with uh, many hats. That's right. Yeah, there you yeah. go. And uh, we got Jarrett, who also is a CWS and a CFP certificate. Now, does That's the right. CWS, I mean, are they so particular? They're not with the terminology, no. I mean, uh, the CFP board is very particular. In fact, they test on it on the, the board exam. But, yeah, no, CWS is not quite as peculiar when it comes to that. So, uh, but Certified yeah. wealth strategist. Right. You got it. And a 
Certified Financial Planner Certificate. Mm-hmm. The board would be go. proud, as I normally yeah. tell you. You got, it, you got it down. Yeah. You should take well, a shot of the exam, actually. I so mean, you know, I've, I've got, got a <laughs> thing got or two going thing. on. Uh, yeah, so, uh, just uh, a maybe. few things. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so uh, we got lots of information um, to disperse today. Uh, probably a conversation about insurance. We usually talk about insurance when... Uh, when we have Jim on, um, you just never know what we're going to talk about <laughs> when you got Jared on. Yeah, he can go in any direction here, sir. Right. We go from, uh, you know, the latest trends in uh, redneckery to uh, <laughs> That's right. technology. I mean, this is a this is a renaissance a man in the truest sense, it's right? An he can unnecessary wide amount wide of children. You know? <laughs> Although with the well. stimulus payments, I've never been happier to have so many dependents <laughs> on my tax return because yeah. change is good once again. <laughs> yeah. about that? Jared's yeah. a just fan all of change. Kind of lining up for me. I don't know. Yeah, I must how about have, that? Maybe I need to play this lottery that everybody keeps talking <laughs> this about. Lottery. I think somebody won that this week. Didn't they? Did they? Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. even look, but yeah, maybe so. big, I didn't, I didn't get it. Power I didn't get my notice. Yeah. I, yeah. Get the notice. I can assure yeah. you it wasn't me. It might not have been you. <laughs> might not have been. Odds were it's not me. <laughs> well, no. I assume if you're here today, yeah. it wasn't you. Oh, yeah. I'd be here even if I won, but it'd be a different show than <laughs> what you're expecting. Uh, how many ways can I? Yeah. Have oh, fun with stuff. It. Can I mess up a, a radio show? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we do have some information on the S&P 500, which was up last week, mm. and um, guess who said it was going to be up? Yeah. I won't so when when was the last time it was down? That's the question I have. <laughs> it's it's been, a minute. been a while. Uh, yeah. When it was down, it was down really big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just remember that. Right. Yep. Uh, and it was down really big for a few weeks, um, but that's been a minute. Uh, 34% yeah. back in February and March of yeah. 2020. Yeah. The year that everyone wants to forget, <laughs> yeah. uh, except the stock market. I mean, yeah. you know, we Turned had a okay. pretty substantial gain. What did we get? 18.4%, I believe it was. Wow. Um, All in, right? Everything included. Yeah, dividends mm-hmm. and everything. Yep. That's for the S&P? Or, S&P. or just those five companies that really contributed <laughs> to that? Well, that was the story about the mid-year, but uh, yeah. some of the others did participate toward the end of the year. We did see mm-hmm. uh, value stocks actually outperform technology uh, from basically early September through the end of the year, and it really kicked in uh, after October. So the beginning of November, about the time the the election uh, rolled out, we saw a huge. Um, we Shift. have seen it still. I mean, it continues. Yeah. Um, Value still doing well. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're still lagging pretty significantly from growth companies, but uh, we did see a little little bit of the game of catch up. Um, Looking more granularly this week, uh, communication services up almost 5.5%. Um, real estate gained a little over 3%. Technology, 2.6% higher. Uh, consumer discretionary is up a little over 2%. Uh, at the other end of the spectrum, materials, who had been on just an absolute tear, actually have uh, paired their gains, uh, falling 2.24%. Energy was down 2% this week as well. So uh, seeing a little bit of the the bloom come off of that rose, but I really think that energy play has got further to go. Um, Usually materials do quite well in a recovery, and, uh, you know, some people may still argue that uh, economically we haven't recovered from the recession. I would agree with that. Uh, You know, we've still got over... 
uh, 5 million people on uh, unemployment continuous claims. We had 900,000 uh, new additions to unemployment in the last week. Um, you know, some of those things uh, are, it's going to take time. I mean, yeah. uh, time and vaccines, I believe. We've got, a, I think at last count, it was like 14 and a half million people who had recovered from COVID out of, uh, I forget, like maybe 20. I forget even the number of people that have had the the disease. In my opinion, they really are slow about adding to those that are officially recovered. Right. Uh, but we've seen over 11.5 million people uh, vaccinated against COVID, which is about 4.5% of the population. Um, and uh, they tell us we're heading towards 70. That's really where they're going to call it herd immunity. I know that number has kind of been a moving target mm-hmm. as uh, some of the things that we hear from the CDC. But uh, uh, I really believe that if we should get with uh, people who have experienced the vaccine, as well as those that have unfortunately experienced COVID and recovered, mm-hmm. if we get to about 70 percent, we're probably uh, we could we could call it herd immunity and uh, probably go back outside and take a breath of fresh air without a mask on, which yeah. uh, inside with yeah. a breath of fresh air would be even nicer, right? Yeah. Um, At least but, we're on uh, the path now, though. It seems like it's, you know, that, that should certainly help the economy, I would imagine, especially when it comes to the things like energy and yeah. others that still do have a long way to go from, right. you know, last year or so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I really believe we could see energy prices at around, uh, you know, 65 bucks a barrel. We're still yeah. floating right around 50, maybe a little below. There's some really interesting know. plays there. I mean, it's not often. I was telling someone yesterday that to, to have that much growth potential from where the energy plays are now and also get such an incredible yield, assuming that they maintain them, which they, they look pretty well poised to do. Sure. You don't often see that. I mean, most times you're, you're giving up some growth potential for you know the increased dividend, and it seems like a really attractive play because, I mean, the other part of that is the valuations, right? I mean, they they look probably more attractive than most others. Yeah, uh, in the, in the energy the sector, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah no doubt. And, uh, you know, Jared, to that point, I think some of these companies have borrowed pretty extensively to maintain the dividends that they're still paying. Uh, but there's a lot of defaults and bankruptcies in uh, energy as well. It's usually the smaller companies. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a it's a very volatile business anyway because you're relying on uh, a price of a commodity that you can't control. The best sure. you can do is maybe hedge against it, and most of those companies don't. So, uh, you know, when it gets to the point where you don't have sufficient cash flow to to pay all your employees and keep the lights on, uh, you got to yeah. do something. Service the debt. Yeah, well, the yeah. debt's what winds up bankrupting you, mm-hmm. right? If you don't have debt, you don't. You yeah. can never go bankrupt. You never need to. <laughs> right. Uh, you just shut the door. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. It's been great. You, yeah. <laughs> not so great lately. <laughs> yeah. Usually when those things occur, but uh, you know, it's still. Uh, I, I think there's there's plenty of uh, hope uh, that you can easily see in the energy sector and uh, you know the same argument could be made in uh, some industries and and i really think what you do is look at um, maybe airlines and uh, maybe even cruise lines which mm-hmm. i think it's too early to play that yet but yeah. uh, look through and determine um, kind of who in the supply chain has not had that significant bump and maybe look there well stick around we're going to take a real quick break and come back with a dog of the week you're listening to money talks you ain't nothing but a happy 
This is this is the dog. The dog of the week. All right, we got a dog of the week for you this week, and it's uh, actually, I guess, the overall theme I would call uh, unintended reactions. Uh, and this one actually comes from um, from Amsterdam. Uh, they're with COVID having you know ravaged on for a year now, and we're really having a a pretty significant uptick in the number of cases, uh, even deaths in some cases. Um, we uh, we are now seeing governments that are contemplating shutting uh, shutting down their economy again. Uh, most of them European. They got a bit more socialistic uh, framework around the society in in uh, Europe, um, and uh, it seems that Amsterdam is contemplating doing that. Well, in response to that potential, we have seen the Dutch people who have spiked the price uh, on goods that are like delivery driver uniforms. <laughs> because what they would do is they would have a curfew that would go from 8 o'clock at night or 8.30 at night to 4.30 in the morning. The only people that would be allowed out are specific uh, specific industries, one of which is food delivery. So if you wanted to go outside, you're not going to be allowed unless you could be easily identified as one of those drivers. So, you know, if it were, say, for instance, in the U.S., uh, Uber Eats or, you know, Grubhub, I don't know. I don't use those services. Um, but uh, uniforms for, for those industries spiked, uh, spiked huge. And... There's been this huge spike. You can go out to walk your dogs because they still need to go out. Uh, so there is some, there are some uh, dog walking volunteer opportunities in Amsterdam that have been just, they were begging people prior to this, and yeah. now they have an overwhelming demand for it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Fido's getting a lot of exercise right yeah, now. I would say he's going to be tired <laughs> of this. Uh, they even have people offering to uh, pay to borrow each other's dogs. Oh, God. I mean, ridiculous. Lord. It's, uh, you know, I I got two that I'd let anybody borrow at any given time, <laughs> yeah. as, as long as they promise not to bring them back. But uh, anyway, it's, that's really not true. I, I like my dogs, but yeah. uh, I, I like to mess with my children as if I don't. So uh, uh, anyway. So the, the delivery uniforms that have spiked in price, huh? For the right, yeah. yeah. Well, the the government will impose, and the government's onto this. I mean, they're not they're not ignorant as much as a lot of folks would like to make them <laughs> make them out to be. Uh, there is a fine if you get caught, and I'm sure that instead of being given a free pass now, somebody wearing a delivery driver uniform walking around in public <laughs> is probably going to be questions a little more mm. now that this is known. But uh, there's a 95 euro fine. Uh, for violators of the curfew, which equivalent is about 115 bucks in U.S. So, yeah. um, anyway, I just thought that it was really interesting. It's not the first time we've seen those unintended consequences, right, or unintended yeah. uh, reactions by the public. It's it's uh, it was spoke of before we gave out the first dollar of CARES Act uh, in extension of unemployment, uh, where you know some. Uh, some of our government 
officials began to say, hey, you know what? If you pay them that much extra, they're not going to work. They're not going to go to the job. Yeah. So, you know, we were paying people who we assumed would not be able to get a job enough that they were making more than they would have working. So they were incented not to go back to work. So you got to be careful. But in this case, I uh, I think that was a pretty ingenious response people aren't dumb i mean yeah <laughs> much as uh much as if you uh look on facebook you assume they are uh, yeah it's not so evident elsewhere <laughs> sometimes sometimes, sometimes it was exactly the inflation i saw coming i knew we were headed that direction but who knew <laughs> starts with delivery yeah. uniforms yeah, who knows, uh, Jared? If I see you wearing one next week, I'll know exactly what happens. Yeah, or if you go to Amsterdam and everybody is dressed like a delivery person, you know why now? Yeah, that's well, not. I mean, that's maybe it's a new fashion state. Mm-hmm. That could be it. Okay. I don't know. Only thing I can say is, I don't know that I would ever believe it if I saw Jared give somebody a sandwich. <laughs> I mean, any food he gets, I would assume it's probably his. It's consumed. Usually yeah. it is, but yeah. if I'm giving you a sandwich, it, but it's good. <laughs> I mean, well, the only, take it quick give, the only reason you'd give one away is because you had three and the other two yeah. were yours. I tell my kids that all the time when they don't want to eat something. I say, didn't you see me eating it? Well, if I was eating it, you know it was good. So, I mean, if you don't want it, fine, but I, yeah. I'm going to take yours. That's right. And on top of that, who wants to have bad taste? And that's what we're going to talk about here. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we do have a situation we wanted to talk about this week. Uh, a gentleman named Walter, maybe that name is right, maybe it's not. Uh, sometimes we change the the names and uh, circumstances just to protect the innocent or guilty in some cases. <laughs> uh, Walter, 80-year-old, Social Security uh, income. Uh, he also lives off his uh, required minimum distributions, and he's got some interest in dividends, Uh Interest and dividends, not interesting dividends, as it sounded <laughs> as if I said. Uh, I think all the dividends are interesting, by the way. Uh, so he's got kids. They were grown, but his wife recently passed away. And uh, several years ago, he was upset uh, with the increased rates uh, he saw in his long-term care policy. We're talking insurance here. Mm. Jim, your ears, your ears up. Um, he felt that for uh, the increased rate, he wasn't really getting the coverage that he had desired and started analyzing how much he was paying for all of his coverage. Uh, Medicare, <laughs> retiree pan, plan, and LTC policy, uh, and determined that he was really overinsured. He thought Medicare and his retiree coverage would take care of him. Uh, he intended to shop around, but instead let his policy lapse. Probably not Ouch. the best of ideas, right? Correct. Uh, so you fast forward five years. Here's Walter, 80 years old, uh, can't get long-term care coverage. Uh, his wife passed. His son uh, has married and has, uh, has had a child of his own. Uh, something should happen to Walter. His son would not have the time nor resources to take care of him. Uh, while self-insuring is an option, this potential would deplete his assets uh, and uh, make recovery costly and uh, also would make him a uh, potential burden on his son and thwart any intentions of leaving assets to his uh, grandson for education. So, uh, Jim? That's a bad concoction right yeah, there. Yeah, what can yeah. he do? What can he do? Well, um I'll I'll segue a little bit out of this particular story and talk a little bit more about the in general issues that we're seeing. 
uh, we're seeing a pretty sizable uptick with clients getting their notices in the mail from their respective insurance companies. And notice I say it's their respective insurance companies because it's an industry-wide issue. It's not yeah. a company-specific issue. Um, what happens most often is they'll get their notice, and it identifies, unfortunately, Mr. or Mrs. Client, or unfortunately, Walter, we have to raise your premiums because they don't quite go into this level of detail, but we goofed on the pricing <laughs> way mm-hmm. back in the day. And the real the real driver for what's happening in this whole issue right now is the low interest rates, the prolonged low interest rates were really not contemplated on policies issued back 10 plus years ago. Yeah. Um, and the fact that we've had that has driven these companies to that place where they have to start raising premium. Yeah. I would it's, assume they probably had cooked in the inflation that is uh, prevalent in healthcare. But yeah. they also assume that these low interest rates wouldn't have lasted. Wouldn't so have long. lasted as long as they have. Yeah. Uh, but that, coupled with the fact that a lot of clients don't lapse their policies, you know, in life insurance, it's baked into a premium that there is a certain amount of clients who, for whatever reason, will just stop paying their premium. Their policies lapse, therefore their coverage is lapsed, and the company now is off the hook, and they've now had all that benefit of coverage, benefit of premium during the time. Yeah, with but, with limited or no coverage, <coughs> I guess, no payouts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, what's happened in the long-term care industry is people buy these policies, and unlike Walter, they keep them. And therefore, they collect on those benefits that they've been paying so long for. Very often, uh, I just the, the, the blanket statement that I make with clients is to say, uh, one, if you can afford the increase, it's probably a good idea to pay it. Because in his particular fact pattern at age 80, that's exactly the age on which the claims typically begin. Mm-hmm. That's the average age on which claims begin, and and it's unfortunate that he's had, he's paid in all these premiums, and and he's not able to get any kind of benefit now. Because when you quit paying the premiums, the policy well, lapses and you're done. Well, the policy will lapse, but there is nicely uh, there is what's called a non-forfeiture benefit. So that basically states that every dollar of premium that you've paid in, if you happen to stop your premium. You will actually, and if you actually do have claims that are legitimate, you'll receive the value of your total premiums paid back in the form of benefits. Uh, so that's a, a, a twisted way of saying you haven't totally lost every dollar of premium, but you first have to qualify. You just don't get the premium returned to you. You have to qualify for the long-term care, and you get those benefits back. So what, I mean, the qualification process is uh, it's the same as if it would be if you still had policy all right well jim it all sounds interesting let's uh take a real quick break when we come back we'll get a little deeper into this stick around money talks we'll be right back forceful measures that we as a country are taking to control the spread of the virus have brought much of the economy to an abrupt halt. Many businesses have closed. People have been asked to stay home. Your money, your money is on the line. Is on the line. Money talk. Money talk is on the air. All right, we're back. I'm Troy Harmon here with 
because the man with all the knowledge about insurance, Jim Crone, all of the knowledge. I mean, if you saw how big his head was, you would understand. <laughs> he has room for all that knowledge. And if his head is big, mm-hmm. man, look at that Jarrett McKinnon. Shiny on top, too. Yeah. That's right. I mean, in the, in the human world, Jarrett... You would be the equivalent of a 14-point buck. I mean, you've I'm, got, I'm okay with that. That's you've good. got a trophy right there. Comparison right there. Man. I mean, neither yeah. one of them will grow a sprig of hair, but I mean, y'all, y'all, got, oh, yeah. y'all got a big head. There's a lot of room going that's on good. in there. A lot of yeah. kids, though. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Yeah, that's, there's a correlation there, you know. I mean, yeah. I, clearly. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I must mean, be. I'm... I'm uh, Speaking as an outsider right here. You got a good head of hair. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right. Uh, If uh, you would like to contact us for financial questions, believe it or not, this is a finance show. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. You can call our question hotline. The number is 1 855 429 9166. The way it works, uh, you'll get our recorded message at Beep. You'll give us your recorded message, including your question. Play the question on the air. And we'll answer right behind it. Now, if you prefer to call and talk to a human being, you can do so. The number is 770-429-9166. You call, you ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, who is our producer. Um, She'll talk to you, get uh, whatever it is that you would like to have us answer uh, jotted down. Send it to us and we'll answer it on the air. Uh, If you prefer a different source, maybe email, uh, you can do that. The email Address is Dr. Gene at Hensler.com, spelled D R G E N E at H E N S S L E R.com. Um, if you're more of a do it yourself, or you can also find lots of information on our website, Hensler.com, spelled in the same way, H E N S S L E R.com. You can probably go on there as well and find just how big Jarrett's head is. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes if you. <laughs> Looking on a website, you know. I don't know. I mean, you know. they take your picture, like, across the room. Mine's got to be right up in front. And, uh, yeah. Still, my head, I mean, I got a little bitty head. Be misleading. Uh, Come in and see me. How about that? Well, that'll, that'll give work. you a better perspective. But, hey, you can do it. You can find your contact information on the website, mm-hmm. too. True. Yeah, true. I'm just trying to drive traffic to our website right yeah. now, Jared. But, I mean, if you, <laughs> you know, Jared likes that. Web, website, the headquarters, it doesn't matter. Just Jared come likes, see us. That's right. Jared likes the seat across from him to be as warm as possible at all times. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. All right. Well, that number, if you wanted to talk specifically to Jim or to Jarrett, you can call that number, 770-429-9166. Ask for Jim Crone. Or for Jarrett McKenzie, and I'm sure that you will be able to talk to either one. All right, so, uh, Jim, before the before the break, we were talking about uh, long-term care insurance uh, situation with Walter, who's an 80-year-old, who let his policy lapse. And you had mentioned something that I wanted to kind of go back to uh, about him having to qualify again sure. to... to Start the insurance coverage again, and he wouldn't have the pop- possibility of beginning over and paying normal. He would just be able well, to squeeze out whatever he had, right? You know, the the undefined issues in the story uh, have uh, relevance because uh, many times, if we're catching a situation where a premium has gone maybe one, two, I think it's up to six months where it hasn't been paid for six months. Uh, we would have opportunity to go back to the carrier 
make a case and maybe have him have to come back with uh, back premiums and we could get him reinstated. That's the terminology. That's okay. That would be our objective. That would be our goal. But if we go beyond, say, six months, the carriers get less and less inclined to start down that process. You might have to enter back into some underwriting. Yeah. Are there penalties or anything? I mean, it's pr- typically just repaying a premium. Just catch up. The catch up your premium. That would be the step one. But if you're a adult child and you find yourself in that situation, you would happily pay the back premium then have to deal with the consequences of paying the long-term care expenses. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So... But beyond the six-month window, uh, if you happen to find yourself in a situation where a policy has truly lapsed, I guess there is a silver lining in something called a non-forfeiture provision. So that is a simple scenario that basically says that every dollar of premium that's been paid into the contract uh, is eligible if the individual does uh, become in need of long-term care expenses. So what happens in that scenario is they still need to go through the regular qualifications as with anybody with a long-term care policy. And they will receive back their benefit upon qualifying in the manner in which it was originally set up, and they'll get their dollars back in the form of premiums that have been paid. So it's not as if it's a total wash, uh, but it's certainly not the kind of scenario that people walk into these policies. Is that a a standard provision? Oh, yeah. It's It's in every contract that's available today in a traditional long-term care. Uh, Mm -hmm. When you get into the other options where you're talking about hybrid policies, it gets a little murkier Mm -hmm. where you don't quite have those same elements. but sure. but in a traditional long-term care policy, as we see here in this particular situation, you have some, uh, they're all not great. Even worse, uh, you know, the advice given to this individual was don't let your policy lapse, right? E- even when you get presented with choices, and, that, and we find ourselves today doing a lot of analysis with helping clients, even ones that we weren't writing agents. Right. right. We get well. Uh, that's probably a lot of the business that you do, right? Yeah. I mean, we we get clients that send in, say, "Golly, X Y Z insurance company is give me another notice," and it, many times it's not the first one. It's probably the fifth or sixth every year or every other year. They're having to raise the premium, which right. is very frustrating. I get it, but then you start to have that conversation with clients. Say, well, "Okay, well, let's talk about a two hundred dollar increase in your premium versus a." $6,000 a month benefit that you might be <laughs> have gone gone out the window. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, this brings up, it reminds me of uh, an interesting, because you may recall not that long ago, because uh, you and I had put some insurance in place for me at one point, mm-hmm. and, you know, there was <clears throat> something had changed, and I guess the uh, premium for that month didn't get deducted, and so the way that I first found out, I eventually did get noticed that, you know, if I let it, I had a 30-day window, but I, it would lapse if we didn't. I actually was alerted first by uh, Mint.com, which is one of the websites I use to kind of help me bring everything together, and it's an interesting way of, of also kind of protecting or overseeing yeah. that because it alerted me that, hey, uh, we we noticed that a recurring payment that usually happens this day each month did not occur. Right. Did you mean for that to happen? And so it's just an interesting, you know, way that you can also prevent maybe a policy lapse because it is those things are used to seeing uh, recurring payments, and if, if there's a big jump in them or anything like that, uh, it also will bring it to your attention. So something else just to keep in mind. Yeah, and the insurance industry has now gone to the next level. 
so that on current new applications, whether you're talking traditional or hybrid policies with long-term care, they all require the client to answer a question about a non um, um, Covered, maybe. Well, it's it's the, to avoid a lapse. It's, it's right. a premium lapse notice is really the provision. It's on the application. Okay. So a client will now have to make a, a choice and say, either yes, I want to designate a person or a firm to be notified if there is a lapse notice. So they don't notify the 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 person or the firm if just for premium notice they would only be notified after a 30-day lapse notice has been triggered i see so that's a provision that's now on all applications so a client has a right to either say yes i want to designate someone or no i don't for personal reasons i just want to keep my business to my business some people are that way yeah that's right well if you do i assume that's in addition to the the insured person right i mean that yes this this is not in place of the the company letting the person that's insured well and if you stop and think about it i mean look folks in that particular arrangement find themselves maybe split in time right maybe they're partially in Florida, partially in mm-hmm. wherever else they are, or here in Georgia, and they go to the North Carolina mountains or yeah. upstate New York. And it's not unheard of to find yourself in a situation where your doggone premium nose is sitting at the other house. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, it's it's a common issue that is uh, addressed now in the application. I see. So they don't insist that you use mint like Jared. Yeah. yeah. Well, you could have gotten those mint notes. Here's another here's another recommendation for you. Use electronic delivery so that it doesn't matter go. which right. address That's true. it comes to. That's yeah. Right. Jared, with all his new wave ideas, yeah. I mean, what's this guy? I, hey, hey, I, just, wanted, I just need the information to come to me. I can't be yeah. getting bogged down with wherever you find are. It. Yeah. Right? Uh, That's right. Don't don't come to where I'm supposed to be because mm-hmm. of where I am. Exactly. <laughs> don't follow me around. That's right. All right. Well, we've got got a little more to talk about. I'll go ahead and introduce it. Uh, I wanted to know, because I'm the investment guy here, uh, how much of an impact has, you, you mentioned low interest rates have, uh, have caused rates to go higher on long-term care. How much of an impact might that have made on the insurance companies? And uh, we'll take a real quick break, but when we come back, I would like to hear uh, you pontificate on the answer to that. It's you, real. You can do that, Jim? I hope. All right, cool. Uh, will it require any electronics? If so, we'll we'll get pushing here. the button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the button's been pushed. Stick around and listen to Money Talk. In recent months, economic activity picked up. We can't deal with an economic crisis until you beat the pandemic. Which way will it go? We're here to keep you informed. This This is Money Talks. All right, we're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jared McKenzie and Jim Crone. We've been talking about various financial situations, most of which today has been uh, insurance related. Um, We do want to get a little bit deeper into that conversation but if you have a question especially about finance we'd love to hear from you you can get in touch with us through our hotline which is one the number is one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. 429 you'll call in you'll get our voice message uh, 
at the beep. You'll give us your voice message, including your question. We play the question on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, if you prefer to talk to a human, you can call us 770-429-9166. That also is the number whereby you could reach Jim or Jarrett. Uh, Jim's our insurance guy, as I said. Jarrett is kind of all things financial planning, uh, newly minted um, managing associate at Hensler Financial in our planning and implementation department. Uh, you don't get those chevrons without a little bit of experience. And Jarrett's right. been at it a minute. So uh, anyway, he's uh, he, if he had a, a longer shoulder, we would have given him more. I, I think. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that the way it works in the That's military? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, if you would like to uh, source information, maybe even see our faces, you can go to Hensler.com. It's our website, spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, you can email email us with your questions as well, Gene at Hensler.com, spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, Jim, let's yes, dive sir. right back into this. Uh, I asked before the break kind of what impact is uh, the pressures on long-term care and the uh, rising premium rates and uh, various other things, what kind of uh, impact is that having on the insurance companies? As you know, uh, being the chief investment officer at Hensler Financial, I like to think about how my clients might be able to invest. Uh, Are there opportunities? Is there a risk that we should be worried about? I mean, obviously a lot more goes into it, but How's it impacting the industry? It's a real effect. Yeah. And I, I, we saw uh, transitions by or decisions made by insurance companies specific to long-term care that uh, sort of were percolating as the pandemic hit. And it's not to say that the pandemic is what was the driver. It's the 10 years of low interest rates right. that was was uh, accelerated with yeah. the pandemic. You know, the, the bellwether that insurance companies uh, identify is the 10-year treasury. It's a lot of what uh, hinges on how they price products, how they look at uh, their portfolios, and how they manage them. And by regulatory rule, I mean, it's logical that the government says that if you're going to be an insurance company, you can't put everything in high-flying stocks. you got to have it in safe and secure things. Right. Which puts you in a sense of in a in a spectrum of the market where you historically have had good decent returns. Now they haven't. Right. For ten years. For ten years <laughs> and yeah, maybe a little more. I'll say this: uh, we saw companies make decisions to exit long-term care. Yeah. So that was one company. That, Probably one piece of the piece of the puzzle that we need yeah, to consider. And they were sort of one of the later. Uh, trend i mean they were one of the last ones to join yeah i mean go back six seven eight nine ten years ago there were people there were (laughs) it was a notice every other week we got xyz company Mm -hmm. prudential's gone metlife's gone oh okay so they were they were bailing on long-term care in particular i see that many years ago the last one that happened in the fall of last year was transamerica okay uh we so they said it's not to affect their existing policies. It's to say they're no longer offering new coverages. Will not write new Until coverage. things change. I don't know when, where, or how. But the other... Uh, well, that impacts annuities as well. And I know you're, oh, it, it, you're not really into that game, but... Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the, uh, the effect is not specific to one uh, line of business. 
it's been a uh, industry-wide uh, product spectrum. So we've even seen life insurance uh, has pared down their uh, offerings, right? You know, uh, or shifted now to other scenarios where permanent products are now finding avenues for variable products, which carry with them less. Uh, r- less load for the insurance company to reserve for index products. Uh, those all kind of come together. We did actually see rate increases, uh, pretty sizable rate increases on new policies that were issued, uh, such that you know somebody bought a policy after September of 2020 had their premium would have been uh, probably 15% higher than it was two weeks before. Yeah. Well, as morbid as this sounds, it, you would think that, uh, you know, the excessive number of deaths, especially among the elderly in might, facilities, yeah, in home, might home have, care facilities, right, yeah. it might have offset some of the yeah. liability yeah. of that long term care. So, you know, I guess time time will tell. But uh, it sounds like you're painting long term care as a real risk. And, you know, the biggest risk that we all worry about is not living. Uh, I mean, having our having our money not live as long as we do, right? Or we joked earlier, we said, what happens if you get hit by the bus and live? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's where the real problem lies, not yeah. so much the yeah. immediate, you know. Yeah, right. All right, well, uh, we do have another question I want to cover before uh, before we finish out the show. Um, we got a good, Bill, a good friend, Bill Murray, who has uh, emailed us once again. Uh, someone on TV recently said that the downside risk of the U.S. dollar was 20%. That sounds high. What do you think? Well, I'll tell you this. Since November 1st, right about the time of the election, we have seen the dollar decline 4%. Uh, you don't usually see significant declines. Um, you know, uh, the... the um, uh, Value of our currency is actually a relative value. It's relative to every other currency that might be out and available. Probably the biggest uh, that we think of these days is the euro. Um, but there's other currencies out there, and, and the dollar is uh, usually measured relative to a basket of currencies, so not just you know euro, but probably the yen and various other uh, developed country currencies. Um, if it's fallen 4% just on the... the uh, money that we've already spent uh, to stimulate our economy, which not all countries have done, by the way. Uh, and we've got a new proposal for $1.9 trillion more, and that's said to be kind of the first step toward more stimulus under, under a new presidential administration. I believe what you're looking at is uh, investors beginning to consider where they could go for higher real interest rates. And the real interest rate is not just... Uh, you know, you mentioned, Jim, the 10-year Treasury amount. What are we, around uh, one point? A little over one. Yeah, a little now uh, over one, 1. 1.1, 1. 1.2, something yeah. in there. It I think it's been down under much. one in 2020. It, yeah, it was for a long time, actually, yeah. even prior to that. Yeah. But uh, you take that number and then you subtract inflation. And I think what is uh, what's the expectation is all this spending could spur inflation. Now, there's a lot that goes on. Um, in in that uh, debate these days, and we really don't have time for that. But uh, Bill further wrote, assuming that I can buy Fidelity funds without a sales load, is this a good time to buy Fidelity Emerging Asia and Fidelity International Capital Appreciation? Uh, I currently hold a little of both in an IRA. So 
my answer to you is I would get a little more creative than that. Uh, if you look, these two, they have relatively low expense ratios for actively managed funds, meaning that they're not following an index. 1.27% uh, on uh, uh, Fidelity Emerging Asia, which is ticker F-E-A-A-X. Uh, but the problem that I have is it's got a 40.98% weight to, tech, to uh, China. 60% weight to technology. If you've listened to this show at all in the last six months, technology, technology, technology is very expensive. So I would say no. What I would rather do is maybe go with an index for the core, uh, even getting an ETF, you know, emerging markets. Mm -hmm. But I would rather have exposure to uh, uh, investment that gives you more materials and uh, less exposure to China specifically and maybe Southeast Asia overall. Look for um, Latin America, uh, South Africa, you know, some of the other more attractive spaces, and I think you're going to be a little better with the results. Now, if you look backwards, the performance has been awesome. Sorry to cut you off short, but guys, what do you think? Market up Stimulus and down. Stimulus is coming. It's got to go up. There you go. I'd use that to buy insurance. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Jim. You know I'm always up. Thanks for listening to Money Talk. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.